Welcome back to the truly other. Dance, the language of movement. It's a site for fitness, a source for empowerment, and a place of healing altogether. Everyone who dances does it for a different reason, but sometimes those reasons are judged by too many too quickly. Today, we're chatting with Atli Zuhaili, a dance enthusiast who bends boundaries. What's his story? Hi, uh, I'm Atli Zuhaili. I'm 23 years old this year, and uh, I am a student at NTU. So uh, how do I get into dance? I started off dancing when I was in junior college. It was literally the most shallowest of reasons, and I'm really embarrassed to tell this to anyone right now, but I'm just going to tell it to you. So I was in the military band when I was in secondary school. But then after that, when I was in JC, I decided to join. It was either band, like JC band or the JC dance club in my junior college. So between these two, I, the idea I had was that, okay, I'm going to go to uni after this. And what am I going to tell my, my classmates? <laughs> like, like for your introductions, right? So I, I was telling them like, um, I, back then I was like, okay, uh, I want to I wanna join dance because I want to introduce myself as a dancer. <laughs> it was really shallow <laughs> when uh, I was like, uh, I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't know how to dance. I don't know shit about dancing, but I'm just going to go ahead and try out for the auditions and see where that leads me. So I went to the auditions for, uh, for um, the dance club in my school and miraculously I got in. I don't know how. And... Um, and then that is how I started dancing. Uh, and then uh, from this shallow reason, right, uh, uh, I started dancing, I started to learn how to move my body and I started to uh, more, what do you call that? Uh, agile with my movements and getting the hang of it. And then I started to realize that hmm, I actually can do this. So I'm like, okay, why not just pursue it as like a hobby instead? And then it just become a hobby. So that that is how I started dancing. Like really no special reason of like, um, you know, anything anything like, oh my gosh, like I want to be like, uh, uh, I want to make it like, like um, I want to be a superstar. I like, know it was literally just for the main reason of wanting to tell people that, oh, I'm, I'm a dancer. <laughs> So what would you say is the genre of dance that called out to you the most? The genre of dance that called out to me the most. Okay, so when when I was in junior college, uh, we were mainly focusing on hip hop. I had I had no idea what what uh, the other genres called. Uh, no background knowledge whatsoever. But then after that, uh, after after my dance journey in junior college, right, I decided to go to outside classes. So it was then that I realized that there's a whole other spectrum of dance genres that I could learn from. 
from. I took this genre called street jazz by, not by accident, but it was because the hip hop class was cancelled. So um, I wanted to dance that day and I was like, okay, why not just try something new? So I went to street jazz and that was when I knew that that was my calling because I feel that street jazz is more sensual. It's more like, you know, it's more me, like uh, based on like my personality. I feel like I resonate more with that genre because it it's it, it, um, it depends on the song. Like sometimes it can be sassy, sometimes it can be sensual. And I feel like that's more towards my calling. I see. That's nice. I, I mean, do you ever envision yourself doing dance professionally? Because it really, I mean, I follow your Instagram and like, I love it. I love those videos. Thank you. Okay. I wouldn't consider doing it professionally, mainly because I feel that if you were to, because like based on experience, right, I feel that if you were to pursue something you like to do as a, as a career, it would just, it would just, I don't know, I don't know how to say this, but it would just... It, um, over time it will just become something that you'll eventually dread so I feel that as of now I, and, and I and honestly speaking like I feel that like I'm not that qualified and um, enough to be a dance instructor or like as a career but as of now my uh, currently I am already I'm really happy at, uh, with where, where I am uh, like I I uh, dance as a hobby I dance with distress and that's that and that and I'm really happy with that so yeah wouldn't wouldn't really think of it as like a career a career thing that I would do in the future understandable yeah so I think maybe like sometimes the need to be practical will affect like the passion side of things yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. I really love your energy and I, I see and follow it all the time and also uh, you danced in heels before, am I right? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, quite a few times, actually. Wow, that's, that's incredible because I even struggle to walk in heels. So, like, the fact that you can dance in them is <laughs> amazing to me. Uh, I know. <laughs> I respect all women who and men who walk in heels on a daily basis. Especially, like, I don't know, like, women who go to office with, like, six-inch heels. Oh, my God. That is cautious. But yeah, I, I, I totally understand. Um, okay, it started off by when I watched when I watched this this uh, instructor, this really this really famous instructor. His name is Yanis Marshall. He's a French instructor and he specializes in heels. So I have been following him on YouTube etc uh, for quite a while before I decided to like. Okay, you know what? It, this is something that I would like to try. And ever since I was young um, I have been very fluid with the things I wear meaning that I most of my clothes are from the women's section of uh, the shopping uh, of like a shop and like I I feel that wearing heels whenever I wear heels I feel I feel like it's sort of I don't know if you feel the same way but I feel like there's an extra boost of confidence not just because of my height increase because I'm quite short myself but it's just that it it allows me to like exude this 
other form of confidence, you know. So, um, dancing in heels, okay, it's a different thing when you're dancing in heels on your own in your bedroom and dancing in heels in front of like a class. It felt very empowering when I first purchased my um, first pair of heels on Zalora. Like, the breaking point was that, okay, whether or not I should invest in a pair of heels is if these heels cost less than $30 and Zalora was on sale so a lot of heels were below $30 so that didn't give me an excuse to be like okay you know what I'm not going to do it so I bought my first pair of heels and I decided to wear it to a level 3 street jazz class at old school and um, the song that they were uh, that the instructor was teaching was a drag race song that is a RuPaul song so I was really feeling it and I was like okay you know what I'm going to dancing heels so it was really very daunting at first because I have never worn my heels before and I have not broken into them and so like dancing that whole 30 to 40 second choreography it's mentally and physically demanding and to do it in heels and to be the only one I think there was another one I think there was one of my other friends who was wearing heels but he only wore it at the end but I was wearing it throughout it was really really mentally straining and not only that like I really wasn't used to like um, turning turning I, walking in heels is one thing but turning and doing pirouettes and splits in them is a whole other level so it, it was really challenging because I was really afraid of getting embarrassed and like get, like shaming myself in front of everyone in class but thankfully um, it was a vibe like I really like I felt that that session of dance or that that class was really something that empowered me and from that and from that class onwards I gained a whole new like set of confidence that I've never felt before and that just made me realize that if you feel happy doing it just do it. That's so powerful. Uh, I've always wanted to do it, but it's just that I didn't have the opportunity to do it. And I guess, I guess Dancing in the Hills is another platform uh, for to showcase and express my femininity in a sense that uh, like... Like well, what like what I mentioned before, like I'm pretty fluid with whatever with the things I wear. Like I don't care whether it's something that belongs to like the mess uh, to. I don't care if something's masculine or feminine. If I like to wear it, I'm I'll ju- I'm just gonna do it. So wearing, I didn't really have a platform at that point of time to be like, okay, I'm gonna go out and wear heels. So dancing, making the decision to wear those heels during dance was sort of like an excuse for me to do it and when I did it I was like okay I, I knew that that I can from that day almost I can wear my heels even when I'm not dancing looking at this from a societal lens right when we think about any display from a man that is even uh, remotely feminine in nature it they tend to be considered a stain on the masculine body what are your thoughts on that is that really a thing? Okay, I mean the, the stereotype or like the general perception of like male dancers, uh, male dancers uh, thinking that wearing heels or like doing something or a style that's sort of 
different than the norm is a stain is definitely true and you and we cannot deny that especially in like in, in a Singaporean context right like we are still a very conservative nation so yeah like but um, for this genre like street jazz jazz funk um, it's really like the people who go for these classes tend to be more open-minded and more liberal in a sense where men and women who come for this genre um, know that a lot of people from diverse backgrounds will it will be in this class so when an instructor when, it, when an instructor says that oh you can wear in heels um i mean uh i i uh, to, to some extent I agree with you that maybe like you know guys who are more who are more like masculine would think that it's only for the women but for people like me I would I wouldn't think that it's only for them I would think that okay if one of my hills it's a decision like like uh, to push yourself out of your comfort zone besides even if like the most mas- masculine guy would want to wear heels if he wants to do it and that doesn't reduce his masculinity then by all means like you know there's no judgment in the dance class when we think about boys who dance they often face a stigma and uh, if i ask anyone to think about male dancers probably their first thought would be break dancing and and the likes and so given your experience have you ever faced any kind of shaming for the genre that you do for the videos that you put out Okay, uh, fr- uh, like, like, frankly speaking, I have not, I have not, I have, like, fortunately for me, um, I have not received, like, any form of discrimination or, like, any form of, like, shaming because I feel that people know my personality. My personality is flamboyant. My, plus, my personality is feminine in nature. So when I put out posts like that, people, like, people expect it. So they don't necessarily uh, are out there to be like, oh my gosh, you're doing something so gay or things like that. Because like, like people follow me because of who I am and, and who I am is someone who likes to do this kind of like, like sensual or like a, this, this form of genre. So thank, fortunately for me, like I have not experienced any form of like discrimination or like shaming in, in that sense. But I do understand where you're coming from. I do understand where you're coming from uh, because uh, yeah, I agree that um, especially if you revert, if you revert back to time, like maybe like 10 years ago, a lot of male dancers would probably never have have thought of like, especially in like Asia, like in countries like Singapore, male dancers would definitely stick to genres like hip hop or like like um, any form of like more masculine type of choreographies instead of like, you know, people wouldn't even think of dancing in heels would be a possibility. And um, I guess it's because of the stigma and the status quo of like a very conservative society that puts pressure onto them. And uh, I'm really glad that we are evolving and we are progressing forward. So yeah, Uh, but coming back to what you said, like have I experienced any form of shaming? I've not, fortunately for me, and I'm really thankful for that. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, because I think sometimes these like gender expectations, when we bring it into different aspects of our lives, like 
performance art. It might even uh, limit the tools that we have to, to sort of act out our most authentic experience. And so, yeah. And so, I mean, the big question is, do, do such expectations have a place in uh, more performance art or sort of um, fantasy-like places? Because, I mean, I'm going back to the case where Victoria's Secret recently and they said they they declined to feature trans or plus size individuals in their shows because it would ruin the fantasy. Okay, with the whole uh, Victoria's Secret is not allowing trans and plus size women and the whole Nikita Dragon incident, it was one of the incidences that I was quite interested in because I feel uh, it made me question like, okay, everybody talks about like Victoria's Secrets and, and like, and like, oh my gosh, like, uh, it's like the, it's like the um, lingerie show of like the year. Every time we have a Victoria's Secret special show. So it made um, this whole incident or this whole like bump with Victoria's Secrets uh, made me question like, um, like what is this fantasy and like who is this fantasy for? And then it like, because like everyone, like, I don't know, like for me growing up, a lot of people, like because I I my my um group of friends are usually like female centric right like all of them are mostly females so whenever like we talk about a Victoria's Secret special show we always say like oh my gosh like she's so pretty or things like that but we never really talk about like who who are these like what are these like um like like what do you call uh, like the 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 model mold of like for like like why like who who are they targeting as an audience like why is it only like the beautiful and tall and slim and slender Victoria's Secret uh, model is what they are only trying to strive for and instead of like you know trans models and like um plus size models like why like um I feel and that got me thinking because like back when I was in national service uh I went over to one of like my my squad mate like few of my NS friends and I we went over to one of their houses and um because they're a bunch of straight guys so eventually they um we we were we had lunch and etc etc and then it's so weird because they were like they said like let's watch the victoria secrets fashion show and i'm like um because because like i watched the victoria secrets fashion show but i watching my female friends and we are and the conversations that we have are like totally on the different ends of the spectrum so like when i was in that in that group of guy friends watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show I mean they're they're not objectifying them but they're like I felt really uncomfortable because like um, they're, they're saying they're saying things which make me feel like Mm, okay like that's a little bit odd so um it's like i feel so when that whole thing blew up with like you know the victoria's secrets uh like ideal um and the controversy i sort of thought that um maybe this fantasy is only targeted towards like straight white uh, straight white males or like straight guys in general like this fashion show is only for straight guys and i feel that that's a little bit sad because um 
performance art is uh, performative art is supposed to be for everybody right and for this company this really huge scale company should be to not allow uh, certain demographics or like certain t- body types to be allowed in the fashion show it's like um if i were to be part of that company and if i were to be like uh, objective about it why would i why would i um what do you call it uh, not why would I restrict this whole other spectrum of people and wouldn't it be beneficial for my company as well so not only that like you would be advocating for a cause that is perpetually being seen as like a, sh- a shameful thing like you know like people previously would not would not accept trans people like in the workforce and people uh, like trans and like plus size people would be discriminated in like the modeling industry so um I feel that we this this stereotypical um, forms of like and ideals should not be uh, should not be strictly um, enforced into uh, this industry of performative art because it should be diverse, it should be fluid, and everybody should be included inside it. Yeah, really. That I mean, that would be the ideal, really. Exactly. If let's say they're advocating for this fantasy to be like, oh, for all women to feel empowerment of like, you know, feeling good about their bodies, then I feel that that's just a uh, a contradicting point of view. If they were to use that as an argument, like, oh, we are still, we are saying this fantasy because we want to empower women to be like, be good, feel good in your own skin. Because it's contradictory because it's like, you're even though your plight may be good, but you're not actually enforcing what, you don't you don't do what you preach you know so i think that's like a little bit iffy we see all these stereotypes happening everywhere not only just in performance art but also in everyday life and they can be very restricting so what impact do you think gender expectations will have in in young people like yourself like uh gender expectations meaning that um like like boys should do boy things and girls should do girl things i mean okay like i mean as of now as of 2020 i feel that we are progressing slowly but surely and i feel that people are parents like young parents nowadays tend to be more open into letting their children choose what they want to do instead of like enforcing them about like, you know, on on gender stereotypes. So, uh, but if I, if this gender stereotypes were to be, was to still follow those like um, ancient and like really strict rules towards like male masculinity and female femininity, I feel that um, the children of today would be deprived of a lot of opportunities and experiences that uh, they should not be because I feel that, um, I feel that this, this form of like, fluidity allows people to express, express people, uh, express their own forms of like feelings. Like it's not just necessary, like, you know, physically or like um, aesthetically, but I feel that allowing someone or like a human being to be raised, letting them choose what they want to do on their own helps them figure things out more easily. Like, like 
not just not just necessary necessarily in terms of like you know what they want like what they want uh what they want to be when they grow up or things like that or like career choices but more of like they they are uh it's more easier for them to make decisions for themselves and to discover themselves and to be more comfortable with who they are yes. and i feel that by abolishing these gender stereotypes and like gender norms or uh, the future of the children of the future would definitely be more confident with themselves because like for people like me when I was young I was bullied quite a lot and I feel it's because of these gender stereotypes that my generation was raised in that people would be like oh my gosh you are not you are not masculine you don't play football oh my gosh you're disgusting you're like a fag you're gay blah blah and I feel that uh, if we remove that, the children of the future will not have to experience these hardships that I experienced before. And and I think that's a really good thing. So just before we end off, I'd, I'd just like to ask if you have any words of advice for other young male dancers in non-traditional dance types or roles? I think a lot of people tend to concave their, their confidence because they feel that other people will be watching. So they feel that if they do something differently or something that people feel that is out of the norm, people, uh, they are afraid of the judgment. So the most important, and even though it may sound really cliche, is to do it for yourself. Even if you're like masculine in nature, right? If you want, if you just want to try on heels uh, for, a, for a class, do it with the intention of improving yourself. Don't do it because you want to like show off. Don't do it because you want to like please others or like want to others to think that you're cool. Because like, if you know, if you do it with that intention, with the wrong intentions, if you fuck up, that was, that is when everybody will be like, Mm. But if you start the class knowing and knowing that you have a clear conscience that you want to try something different for yourself, if you make a mistake, you wouldn't feel bad. You would be like, you would take a step back and you'd be like, okay, I did this mistake and um, it's not, it, it, it is wrong. And I feel, and I want to find out how to improve instead of thinking of like, oh my gosh, everybody is going to, is looking at me, everybody is judging me. So I think you're, you have to make a mental switch. So for everyone else out there who wants to, not, uh, who wants to try out something di- different, like in dance or whatever, if like, even if you're like a feminine guy like myself, I, sometimes I do feel intimidated when I want to go to like a more masculine, if I want to try out a more masculine type of genre, because I feel that I, I'm not able to do it, but I guess um, it's just a mental switch that you need to flip. So if I feel like, okay, I'm going to try and be more masculine and explore my masculine side, like I would do it for my own learning and my own like improvement and not care about what other people say. If, if I post a video and like, I mean, some I do have friends who be like, "Oh my gosh, like, ha ha, Ali, Ali, it looks so like they will tease me." In a sense, I mean, it's a playful tease, meaning that, "Oh my gosh, you're so feminine." Then you want to try and do masculine for what? That kind of thing, like, kind of like you know, you have that, you have, you sense that connotation and that tone, and um, it's a little bit condescending to them. Uh, but I'm like, okay, like, so what? Like, okay, if I want to try looking masculine, cannot ah. Like, okay, like I just, I just, I'm just trying, I'm just trying a different, like a different style. And I guess like, it's, it, it's good. It's good to step out of your comfort zone anyway, but 
So why restrict yourself to only do something that you're comfortable in, right? So yeah, doing something out of the out of your comfort zone for yourself is one of the greatest advice that I would tell anyone. That's incredible. Thank you very much for your time. No problem. No problem. It has been amazing. So tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, um, they can reach out to me on my Instagram at A-D-L-I-J-A-N-D-R-O. Um, yeah, I'm only on Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter, but that's private. <laughs> so yeah, I'm only on Instagram if you want to find me. Thank you so much for today. I really enjoyed myself. As we Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Truly Other podcast. What are your thoughts on the role of traditional masculinity in performance art? Share them with us on Facebook and Instagram at the Truly Other. Check out the links in the description to connect with Atli or learn more about gender norms. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you at the next show.